There's no doubt that small businesses are the foundation of our communities. That's why MasterCard has invested in tools to support small business owners as they grow their business. With MasterCard tools and resources, you can increase sales by shortening checkout time, broadening your customer base, and tapping into new opportunities to increase customer loyalty. So get started. Discover all the ways MasterCard can help guide, grow, and protect your business at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. At Scotiabank, we know how important thriving businesses are for the strength of our economy. Our team of experienced advisors across the country can provide you with tailored advice, leading products, and valuable resources to help achieve all your financial goals. We're here for every future. Let's get started today. Visit us at scotiabank.com slash smallbusiness. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, where we talk to Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. I'm your host, Rick Spence, and as a business journalist, editor, and entrepreneur, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, successful, and scalable. Join me every Tuesday at 10 a.m. ET to hear news stories of Canadian entrepreneurs and learn about the moments that mattered most on their journeys. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Joel Boyd. Joel is the director of SMB Solutions at Fortinet, keeping his finger on the pulse of SMB trends, buyer influences, and evangelizing the capabilities that SMBs bring to the market. Working on both sides of the fence in technology sales and product marketing for nearly 20 years, he translates confusing technology into easily understood concepts that enable sellers to communicate value to their prospects and grow their businesses. Joel, welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. Joel, what's the top piece of advice that you hope that our listeners and fellow entrepreneurs are going to take away from today's conversation? You know, the thing that I love the most, um, and candidly, I kind of fell into kind of overseeing SMB a few years ago, and I've been doing enterprise for a long time. And the reason I love working in the SMB segment so much is businesses are really at a stage where their decisions early on will really, really drive and affect what their business looks like, you know, years down the road versus large scale businesses. They, they're kind of stuck, you know, they've already done everything and now they're just kind of trying to figure things out. So the number one takeaway I want folks to kind of think about here is it's never too early to start thinking about where you want your business to go down the road. What our research has said and what others research has said is that consistently businesses who think about how their technology is going to integrate and automate. So all those products that you'd want to throw in there, how are they actually going to talk to each other? The sooner you kind of start thinking about that, um, the much better situation you're going to be uh, down the road. Um, and if not, you know, you could be stuck in a constant fixing situation that really just saps all your resources. and energy. Tell us a little bit about Fortinet. I think of it as, as, as about security, but there's probably a lot more going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so it's definitely cybersecurity is what we are known for. So Fortinet is the largest cybersecurity vendor in the world. With that statement alone, you're probably thinking it's like, this, 
I'm a small business. I'm, a, I'm doing a startup. I, I don't need this large, huge company type of security. We, we get that a lot. Uh, but what really makes Fortinet unique uh, and why I'm here, frankly, is Fortinet's always taking an approach to really look at an entire growth process when it comes to a business of cybersecurity. You know, we're not just looking at the top 1% enterprise type companies and what do they need? No, you know, we have this mission that we really do want to protect the world's data and everybody's data out there. But you can't do that unless you're thinking about the entire, you know, extremity of everyone out there. So Fortinet absolutely makes sure that we are bringing affordable price and performance to the market and ensuring that all our products are actually doing that integration and automation. That, that is the key that we have seen time and time again, regardless of business size, that really defines whether or not someone's going to be successful. It's very cool. When we look at, when we think about cybersecurity today, um, you know, there's a lot of issues. I was just reading a big magazine story about the latest big, big hack. So who's winning these days, the good guys or the bad guys? That's a really good question. Um, I would say in the past few years, actually, no, I'll go back a little bit further. I'd say the past five years, the defensive side of the industry, so us us big security vendors, I kind of feel like we're winning. And Ooh. yeah, it's and the reason I say that is you're seeing attackers really have to change their game of what they have to do to be successful. Um, you know, the threat intelligence that everybody has out there is getting better and better. People's understanding of the importance of cybersecurity is getting better and better. Um, you know, it, it's not like you can just kind of put your head down and say, no, it's, it's in mainstream movies, it's in TV, you know, and it used to be attackers could really just take advantage of ignorance and it's becoming harder for them to do that. So they're really kind of changing the game uh, of what they're doing. But at the same time, that also means that businesses of all sizes kind of got to step their game up when it comes to cybersecurity um, or else that cat and mouse game will start to kind of turn more towards the attacker side. The cat and mouse game. Yeah. It, I mean, is it, is it like, like chess? Is it like one side attacks the other side defends and, and, and that it, it keeps escalating? What I think is more pertinent is it really, because what think about the world we're living in right now, we're living in this world of data sharing and crowdsourcing information um, you know, from the defending side, we absolutely do that. You know, one of the things that's great about Fortinet's threat subscriptions is if you think about the hundreds of thousands of customers we've got out there, you know, whether it be small, whether it be large, across all spans of verticals, we are seeing different kinds of attacks coming in from email, coming in from the endpoint, coming in from the network, coming in from the cloud, coming in from SaaS applications. And we're able to digest all of those different types of samples and kind of figure out what's good and what's bad. And because we have such a huge sample size, we're able to immediately distribute that information across all our clients. And attackers are also kind of doing the same thing though on the dark web. They're trying to, they're, they're sharing, you know, credentials really quickly. They're sharing, all right, I've got these blueprints on this company. I just did this reconnaissance scan. And they're working together to kind of figure out how can they get in. So, both sides are really sharing that information, uh, and it's really just a matter of who can share information most effectively and fastest so you can prevent that. I, I agree with what you said earlier when you said, you know, a lot of business owners are going to say, you know, what's this got to do with me? I'm just a small outfit. We don't have anything worth worth, worth stealing. Um, 
what can you name a couple of the specific threats that business owners in Canada should be looking out for? You know, really, regardless of where you are in the world, I hate to say it, ransomware is still up there. Um, and, you know, the main reason behind that is, again, if you think about how much easier technology is to get your hands on and afford, not necessarily from security. I'm talking about just I'm going to run my business. Think about the technologies that you're throwing into your business to make yourself up and running and competitive out there. But at the same time, with every single piece of technology we're using to drive the business, that's also giving attackers a much greater surface that they can find you know, a foot in the door. So he, let, me, let me kind of run through that example. So all that modern hardware and software you're using, it, it's all gotta be patched. Um, these are things that they're basically updates. Uh, and that they have to do this, you have to do this routinely, you know, over time and keep them up to date, keep it safe. Uh, and yes, it's absolutely tedious. There's no getting around it. Uh, it can definitely automate the functionality, but you have to do it because occasionally those patches are fixing things like vulnerabilities and backdoors. And if those are open and not patched, when an attacker scans your system, and they do that kind of when you go to your web, their websites and stuff, they can immediately just kind of scan, hey, what are you running? That's how they're going to get in. But a lot of folks also think it's because of social engineering. Uh, but the truth is, you know, if your defenses are good, social engineering really can't do that much. So again, let me run through that example. Let's say you don't have really strong email security. So as an attacker, I'm going to throw a phishing email over to you and it actually gets through to you. If you had really good email security, that, that you probably never even see that email in the first place. And in that email is a link to a malicious website that I've set up that you can click and get to because you don't have to have, you're not having good URL filtering, content filtering, which is a threat subscription. Um, so you go to that malicious website. Now, once you're off that malicious website, cool, you're there. I can send this malicious packet through the network. You don't even have to do anything to this site. It's called a drive-by download. And if you don't have a strong firewall with capable threat analysis, that packet is going to get in and it's going to exploit all those unpatched vulnerabilities. Or, you know, the file itself was actually in the email. And again, good email security wouldn't allow this. Nonetheless, you know, you open it up and your endpoint protection isn't smart enough to realize it's a threat and stop it. Now, here's what makes things challenging, but also a good thing. So right there, I just talked about email security, threat subscriptions, firewall, and endpoint security. Those are four different technologies that absolutely need to be on the same page to prevent ransomware from getting in. Like I said, they're seeing more and more attackers realize that they can't just go through one door to try and get in. They've got to do a little bit through one door, a little bit through another one, and then they kind of combine in the back end to become a, become a threat. So having those pieces really work together and communicate helps them understand what is really a threat, even if they're only seeing a little piece of something. But a lot of startups think they have, they either have to or they should purchase all these different types of solutions from a different vendor. Uh, but that's really not the case. When we polled uh, the small business IT community at the end of last year, um, just around the consequences of building this quote unquote best of breed approach, we found that IT teams were losing upwards of 40% of their day, 40% just trying to keep all those products working together seamlessly and talking to each other. It was such an issue 
that in hindsight, when we asked the large businesses, hey, you know, if you could do things differently, what would you do? 60% of large businesses, and these are like a thousand company, a thousand employees and more, said they wish they'd gone with a single vendor strategy to begin with. And unfortunately for them, they're kind of already stuck. They've already done all the stuff. They weren't thinking ahead and now they're stuck. Um, now, all that said, maybe you don't know the first thing about IT. You just want to be as easy a button as you can get. Um, in that case, you know, I'd highly recommend just, you know, working with a managed service provider, an MSP, you know, that can handle it for you. Um, but I'd also say, you know, don't be too afraid of learning it yourself. Over time, you know, you're going to want to do more custom stuff as your business grows. And those service fees are going to start adding up, not to mention how long it takes to do that custom stuff. You know, young kids are learning networking and how to set up a firewall, you know, and they're also learning hacking, frankly. So the more you know, <laughs> yeah, the more power you're going to have. You know, I think, you know, a couple of years ago, I was, I was hanging out, you know, for the holidays with my nieces and nephews, and they were playing uh, Roblox. And... Um, yeah, and I was just like, I, I noticed, you know, my nephew was kind of going around killing everybody super easily. He couldn't get hurt. And I'm like, huh. And I also noticed to the right side, he's just got this, this these scripts running, like the like command line type stuff. And I'm like, what you doing, buddy? Um, and he kind of told me, and I'm like, huh. Now, where, where did you learn to do that? It's like, YouTube. He was running exploits into the video game, and he didn't even realize that he was hacking it. And he was 10. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, wait, wait, he didn't realize he was hacking it. What did he think he was doing? Um, that he just had a sword and shield? Yeah, no, no, no. he knew he was inserting code into the game. Like he knew he was like, like doing cheat codes, but he didn't realize like, right. okay, technically those cheat codes are actually an exploit that he's running into the game. He's running, you know, an executable into the process. And that's how he was able to unlock the things that he did. And he learned it on YouTube. If life were a movie, he would have already been recruited by some special ops team. <laughs> so you mentioned ransomware. Just remind me what that is. Yeah, so ransomware is that nefarious attack style that basically says, I've encrypted your data. In order to get it back, you're going to have to pay me some money. Um, and that's kind of what makes it really nefarious is it really just needs a foot in the door. And once it's in, it runs code across your systems and locks everything. Uh, unless you have that password from the attacker, you can't get your data back. Now, what we've actually seen um, during the pandemic is a different kind. So that's kind of your straight run-of-the-mill ransomware. We've also started seeing much more um, uh, extortion-type attacks. And what that is, is they're not going to lock your data. You're just going to get an email that says, we have all your data. And if you don't give us money, we're going to send it out everywhere. Now, what makes this really, really hard and tough is that you usually don't have a big window to give them the money or else. So you need to, in a short amount of time, kind of figure out whether or not they're bluffing. If you have all your products and security talking, you can very quickly understand, okay, did this person actually get in? Do I see something in there? Or are they just completely making this up and trying to get money out of me? Um, if you have a whole bunch of independent pieces, as you can imagine, it takes a lot longer to get that answer. And usually by then you, you got to pay the bill. Right. And how common is this? I mean, I once in a while I read something that says, you know, everybody's getting hit by this stuff. But how often um, does it really happen? And are there any other remedies once it happens other than to pay people off? Yeah. And learn from that mistake. No, that that is no. The question of, okay, I get it, everybody, you know, cybersecurity is important. 
but I'm a small business, I'm tiny, you know, how much am I really going to have? How much am I really going to get hit? So I was curious that myself, you know, I, I, I hate always, you know, you see all the stats, you know, online from companies, you know, kind of scaring folks and whatnot. I'm like, okay, what's reality? We actually did a report, um, the 2022 State of uh, Small Business Security. In it, you know, we asked the question, it's like, hey, you know, did you have a security incident last year? And we made sure to look not only at, you know, companies that were, you know, one size, but I've always been really annoyed. All the reports in small business type stuff is like, any company under 500 employees. I'm like, you're not going to tell me a 10-person company is the same as a 500. Come on. Um, so we made sure that we're looking at a granular subsection of all the different SMB type segments. And what we found was that just overall, um, about 40% of businesses did admit that, yes, we had a security incident. So it's almost a coin flip, but there's a caveat there. These are people who said, yes, I know I had a security incident and I, yes, I got, I, I had a thing. Mm -hmm. There was another 30% on top of that who said, you know, I don't think we've had something, but I'm a little skeptical. That's, that's actually the more dangerous. That means like, I don't know if I've got, gotten hit. I don't know if something's still in there. I don't really know. I'm blind. Um, so if you add those two numbers together, it's like 70%. And you would expect to see it larger, a, a larger propensity in the super small businesses because in theory, okay, they don't have as many, um, you know, ways of protecting themselves. They don't have as many resources, you know, but we didn't. Um, they actually were somewhat a little bit less hit uh, by things. And we hypothesized the reason is, honestly, their systems weren't nearly as complex. They had a much easier job at just kind of locking things down than their bigger counterparts where we saw a sudden jump as soon as businesses got, you know, over like 50 people or 100 people. All of a sudden, there's a huge growth. There's a lot more technology being used. And all of a sudden, their attacks popped up. So that's, again, kind of pointing to that integration and automation, really being able to lock down your systems, just how important that is. Come with me down the path of worst possible outcome. Um, what, what happens to a company that gets hit by this? What, what sort of ransoms are being demanded? And is there anything the policy or law enforcement can do to help? Yeah. So it, it, usually if you get hit by something, you know, panic's probably the first thing that happens. Um, but really, you know, that panic can be mitigated if there's a, a response plan in place. Uh, in our industry, we call it an incident response plan. You know, an advanced planning and thinking through these things, you know, before they happen is always, you know, the best case scenario. Unfortunately, when it comes to the ransom, you know, the this this myth that oh if you get hit by ransomware your business will you're gonna be out of business eh not really because think about it an attacker is not gonna try and put you out of business they want to make sure that they're gonna charge you an amount of money that you can pay without chopping your arm off um and you know because at the end of the day they they don't want to me <laughs> yeah I mean so they they think about these things you know they 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 know who they're targeting. They're not going to suddenly, you know, charge, you know, $10 million to somebody with only 10 employees, you know, that'd be ridiculous. But yeah, no, they don't want you going into the, you know, going to, you know, the authorities and asking people, you know, they, they want you to just get their money and get out. Um, but yeah, so if you're working with somebody, you, you know, so if you don't know anything about cybersecurity and you just really don't want to deal with it again, you know, 
definitely work with a managed service provider. You know, they can really help you with this stuff. Um, and then another thing that can, you know, really mitigate things is cyber insurance. But I will say, and where we see a lot of folks unfortunately get caught is, if you've got insurance, you never notice, you know, when you're trying to make a claim, how, how easy it is to get your money from that insurance company. Um, cyber insurance is no different. And they are really going to kind of look and audit, you know, did you put, did you actually try to protect your systems to begin with? Did you do all these things that make it so that, yes, I will pay out the claim. Um, so if you're looking at cyber insurance, um, just take a look at the, the, the fine print. Typically, you actually do have to really implement some good security for them to pay out a claim if you get hit. Wow. And um, is, is there any recourse? If you, I mean, can you go to the police after? Can they, can they do anything? <laughs> they can try, but candidly, they're not going to be able to do much because usually the person's already in and out and they're already you know, into the Internet ether. Um, now, obviously, if the attack's large enough, um, that's another story. But for most, you know, startups and small businesses, it, it's not. Um, so, you know, you can tr- you can try. I mean, when I was twelve and my bike was stolen, I remember I my mother called the police and they said, "Well, there's nothing they could do." And you know, I was never so sh- shocked and disappointed in my life. <laughs> You're not yeah, going to get my bike back. No, it's it, it's crazy. It's like because I mean, yeah, that that's the thing that makes data and technology such a two sided um, sword. On the one side, it's it's great. It's it's giving us all these competitive advantages. It's making data more accessible. Um, all those good things that we associate with. At the same time, it's also kind of this wild wild west free for all. Um, and all countries are kind of just looking about how how do we kind of start locking this stuff down. But it's such a big nebulous thing it's really hard and if the ransomware case is someone that has come in and and scrambled all of my, all our data and cut me off from my data um and if i send them an amount of money that they've asked for um is there any risk that i won't get everything back <laughs> you won't, they won't actually come through with their promise yeah um well you know you are dealing with thieves so you know keep that in mind you know Cross your fingers. That's really all I can say. Um, I, I'm not familiar. I'm sure the stats are out there and what percent of people get their uh, information back. But again, that's always assuming that people are even reporting. Oftentimes when someone gets hit by ransomware, they just kind of deal with it quietly and go about their business. You mentioned the Fortinet's uh, state of small business security report. Is that something that anyone can get a hold of? Yeah, yeah. Just go to um, Fortinet.com, go to the small business section, and uh, you should be able to download it right there. Okay, that's very cool. If we have a company with 10 to 20 employees and they haven't been paying sufficient attention, what should they be investing in defense against cybersecurity issues? What, what, What can they expect to pay? Yeah. Um, so I'll say the pain involved is not that 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 bad at all, and the hit to the wallet isn't that bad either. Um, and you know, and candidly, look, Fortinet is known for bringing just really, really great protection at an affordable price. That's how that's how we kind of got our start. Um, and what's interesting is, it, as we've gotten stronger and stronger, and more accolades and awards around the world, you would think that we would kind of <laughs> maybe increase our prices, but our founders have been really, really uh, you know, 
tough on that. They're like, they're just not interested. And, you know, I understand where they're saying and where they're coming from because you can't protect everybody if your solution isn't attainable by everybody. Um, so to put things in perspective, we've got something called an SMB bundle now. And for roughly a thousand US, you can get a firewall with built-in Wi-Fi, with threat subscriptions, with cloud-based management and reporting for an entire year, and 24-hour, um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, you know, support and return capabilities, all of that for about a thousand US MSRP. Um, that's it. Now that will give you the ability to get as super granular and policy controls and segments as you want. Or you can pretty much just say, I'm just going to run a super easy flat network. I just want to apply threat subscript, you know, threat, threat analysis to all the traffic done. Super easy. Um, it's also going to give you the VPN capabilities for all your remote employees. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty much ready to go. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 it's affordable. <laughs> It's not scary. It's not tens of thousands of dollars. You mentioned the founders of Fortinet. And, you know, sometimes with big companies, you know, we think of them as institutions. Um, but tell us a little bit, what, what's the story of, of Fortinet? Are, you know, the, there's people behind this company. Um, yeah. So we are uh, run by the G brothers, Michael and Ken. Uh, they started the company, uh, I want to say back in the 80s. Don't, don't, I, I don't know the exact date off my head, to be honest, but it's been Wikipedia said 2000. I don't know if that's right or not. <laughs> um, no, I think it was before that, technically. Um, but anyway, so we've been building this, this, this company for a very, very long time. And what's been really interesting, and folks can go on LinkedIn and they can kind of see where I've been in terms of security vendors, kind of been around the, around the gambit, is... Over time, you see more and more security vendors kind of start to grow by acquiring other companies and other technologies and kind of saying, we're, we're going to integrate these in. Now, remember just how important integration and automation is. Um, in the state of uh, security report, that's actually the number two thing, regardless of business size, the integration and automation, everyone was saying, that's what's holding my security strategy back behind budget. So making sure that everything actually works together seamlessly is such a critical thing. But if the business, if the security vendors are starting to grow just by acquiring new technology, because they just want those revenue streams, ultimately those integrations aren't as seamless. Um, Fortinet for, you know, better or worse, because we're not always first to market with all the latest and newest and greatest stuff. I'll be, I'll be honest on that. But we know the reason is, is because we want to make sure when we do come to market with a product that it does have that integration capability in there. It's not, you know, by itself, just kind of floating out there. Um, so we're really, really focused on that. And that's what's really, really defined the company over the years and our success. Um, re uh, recently, there's, a, there's, a, there's an IT analyst company called Gartner. And um, for years and years, you know, and they're more focused on the enterprise side. For years and years, you know, they, they, they refused to acknowledge this integration automation story. And just like they just figured it's like, OK, everyone's kind of got their own buying center. And, you know, cloud people are going to do cloud stuff. Hardware people can do hardware stuff. Desktop admin, endpoint stuff, you know, et cetera. And they only just recently said it's like, you know, what's really important is the cybersecurity mesh. 
And then we're laughing because for us at Fortnite, we've been calling it a security fabric for decades. And we're like, really, Gartner? You couldn't say fabric? Did we copyright fabric? Couldn't had to go mesh? Okay, cool. So even Gartner's like, what's really important is for everything to work together. We're like, you don't say, really? Thank you. So that that's that's what's really gotten us ahead and just making sure that that price to performance stays you know top of line so that folks can get all the protection they need without not you know with dollars to spare for services joel before i met you today i looked you up on linkedin and i found this uh lovely statement from you i love marketing because it blends my two favorite subjects math and psychology Tell me a little bit more about that, uh, the, the math <laughs> side and the psychology side. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I believe so. I am a marketer um, and kind of, you know, the, the value that I can really add to the industry is it's my job to kind of do these huge research surveys to kind of keep my finger on what people are saying. You know, I go to tons of conferences um, and talk to a lot of partners and talk to a lot of small businesses about what they're seeing. And being able to kind of just aggregate all that data, um, I won't tell you how long it took me to actually analyze all the data from that data security report to actually find the storylines. It, it, it was it was a while. I thought you'd have people to do that for you. I don't. Uh, I, I I built the survey. I gathered it. I wrote it. It's yeah. That was a, a trial of love, um, but being able to kind of present that information, but then also just kind of from the psychology part of it is even if you've got data, you know, people are still afraid of things. And you sometimes you just got to be empathetic to those things and understand what's really driving, you know, their decision-making process. What are they worried about? And just being able to address those um, with the data, with the understanding of what they're going through, um, and just kind of bringing that story to mind and saying, hey, it's okay, I got you. Um, you know, here's the information from all your peers. You know, that was really the goal of the avoiding complexity research we did uh, at the end of last year, as well as the state of security is, look, I, I don't blame you if they're not listening to me if I was just coming up with stuff. I'm a marketer, why would you? But if I bring in data from hundreds and hundreds of your peers, would you be interested in that? Hopefully, yes. That, 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 that's a lot of fun. I, I'm. I love this image of you sitting at the desk late at night trying to figure out these trends and, and everything. Um, and I think it, I I think every entrepreneur can identify with that as well. So it's 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 fun to hear. What would be your best marketing advice for entrepreneurs, based on your experience at all these levels? Oh, geez. Um, understand who your audience is. Um, get out there and talk to them as much as you possibly can. Um, and I'll be, you know, be genuine and authentic with whatever you're trying to sell is what I would say. I find just authenticity and just being, you know, truthful, both about the things that you're good at and the things that you're not, you know, at the end of the day, it's a good business relationship and everybody wants to win. If, 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 if a company um, does business with, uh, if, if a small business does business with a company such as yours um, and they, and they get one of these integrated solutions, um, is there a pathway to get more and more sophisticated as the company grows? No, yeah, no. And that's actually kind of like I was saying, like Fortinet kind of looks at the entire segment. It's not just, we're not just focusing on those super large enterprise companies. We're, we're really thinking about the entire group. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, typically what we find is a business will start with one of our firewalls with, you know, the threat subscriptions and the cloud-based management, kind of that SMB bundle I was talking about. Uh, and then from there, um, they will end, they will add a endpoint security, uh, which obviously gives you the threat protection on your laptops when folks are outside of an office and not necessarily connected and protected by the network security. Uh, and the good news is that's called 40 client. So our firewalls are 40 gates. Uh, our endpoint protection is 40 client. And the good news is those two products were designed to work together. So you can actually see all the information and what's running on all your users' machines from the firewall. Uh, and so this helps really helpful for all that patching and vulnerability management I was talking about earlier. That our endpoint protection is going to give you all that information and the risk profile of that user. Um, and then, you know, case in point, if you ever want to get to a point where you're segmenting your network and saying, okay, this department gets to see this stuff, but this department, there's really no reason for them to have access to this. You've already got the tools and everything you need right there. You don't have to buy anything else. It's already, you already got it. Um, and you can kind of just start growing. You know, we've got cloud security for, oh, you know, I want to run everything in Amazon or I want to run everything in Microsoft. All that is is just a firewall. It's just instead of a piece of hardware that we send you, it's a piece of software that you installed in that cloud instance. Exact same look, feel, functionality. And again, it continues to be all managed from one single management console. Um, and just, you know, you just keep on going and going from there as your needs expand. Wow, it's an interesting area and uh obviously the sky's the limit i'm glad we have good guys like you on our side you mentioned earlier that anyone any, that any client uh in business the more they want to learn about cybersecurity, probably the more the, the the more capable they become at it and able to make better decisions mm -hmm. how would you suggest that uh, someone who's not a cyber geek um go about trying to learn about this issue. Are there YouTube videos yeah. they can learn from or? <laughs> no, so yeah, I mean, so candidly, yes, there are thousands of YouTube videos. Uh, there are thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of articles they can just Google and find information on. Um, but I will say um, something that Fortinet did um, when the pandemic hit is we actually have something called NSE training. Um, and it used to be behind a paywall and you'd have to pay a certain amount in order to get access to it. But when the pandemic hit, we're like, you know, we gotta, we gotta do, we gotta do something better. We gotta help the world. So we took off the payment. So it's fully free now. Um, and it will give you literally from the highest level of what is cybersecurity? Why is it important? All the way down to deep technical knowledge of our products and how to set them up and best practices. Um, all of that is available for free and folks can find that just by going to fortinet.com, go to the discover more buttons to the right of that big red free product demo <laughs> button, uh, just type in NSE and you'll see NSE training. Um, and that'll give you a much more formalized approach and it's been getting tons of awards. They don't put a lot of effort into making the videos not boring, which is great. Um, so take a look at it. Won't cost you anything. Might learn a thing or two. That's really cool, and that and that tells me that Fortinet really understands the entrepreneurial mindset and says, "Hey, let's let's reduce the barriers to learning more about this and 
Yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's we we know. I mean, let, let's let's be let's be frank. I mean, we are a business, and we know, like a lot of businesses, the more your audience understands the importance of something, the more they're willing to invest in that thing. Um, luckily, the way the world's been going, we don't need a lot of you know beating on drums saying cybersecurity is important. It's kind of starting to become like a duh, which is great. Um, it's just our ability to say, okay. How do we make this easy for you to really secure your business and also affordable at the same time? Joel, one of the things I just have to ask you about is up here in Canada, we like to think ourselves as pretty friendly. Is ransomware really a problem up here? <laughs> um, I wish I could tell you it wasn't. Um, you know, I was talking to uh, one of my account managers uh, the other day, and she she oversees uh, Canada, and she was telling me about a furnace cleaning that she had done, um, you know, furnace cleaning company, local, small, you know, furnace clean. Um, and sure enough, a few months later, she got a, um, a letter in the mail basically saying that that furnace company had gotten hit by ransomware and had been taken down, but, you know, they were, they were out of commission for about a month. Um, but that all their information had been compromised. And that letter was basically their way of saying, sorry, um, we got hit. You may be at risk. Please keep an eye on all your stuff. So again, small little local furnace company. Yeah, absolutely a target. You got to remember, like attackers are first off super opportunistic, um, and candidly, because access to information, including how to hack, which you can also learn on YouTube. Um, you know, this is like kids are learning this stuff. And honestly, they're like, hmm, what can I try to do? I mean, we're, we're, you know, when you're a kid, you know, you, you kind of get into things. And nowadays they get into hacking. So, yeah, everybody's a victim, unfortunately. So the good guys are winning, but the price of success is eternal vigilance. It sounds like that's yes, the story. Yes, yes. And, and it's thank a never-ending the... never world. Yeah, thank you for the furnace cleaning story. It's pretty bone-chilling. Joel, we usually end the Startup Canada podcast by asking if you have any final words of wisdom or advice that our entrepreneurial listeners could take away and implement immediately in their businesses. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to circle back to like what I kind of opened up with is, look, I, there's a lot of old scariness around security. Um, you know, because it used to be, you know, only the smartest of the smart people could do it. It was super, you know, expensive, you, you know, only the super, you know, rich companies could do it. And that's the world has changed. Um, don't be afraid of learning, you know, security. It's really not as scary and technical as it used to be. Uh, and having that knowledge is only going to help you. Um, and as your business grows, you know, the more and more, you know, technology you're using to grow, the more important security is going to be. Um, and the sooner you're kind of thinking about, okay, how is everything going to work together? That's what's going to save you from, you know, you're suddenly a 200 person company and you're looking back and you've got 12 different systems and you're wasting all your time trying to fix stuff. And you're like, oh man, I wish I'd just gone with that easy, you know, integrated approach from the beginning. Um, don't make the mistakes that your peers have made, you know, and now are stuck. All right. I've been speaking with Joe, Joel Boyd, who's the director of SMB Solutions at Fortinet. Joel, thanks so much for sharing your expertise with us and all that hard work you went through to, to, to do that, to pull that survey together and the data there. Uh, that, that's really appreciated. Uh, 
it's uh, it's it's great to understand that while we're winning, there's still lots to do. And I'm really pleased that you you, you understand the entrepreneur mindset and uh, you're making it as easy as possible for them to, to to defend themselves and also learn as much as they can about this. So thanks for all of that. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Okay. We'll talk again.